Welcome to episode 2 of Finners FC, the football show, and we have had a busy, busy game week across all competitions. Under the Anfield lights, Liverpool lose to Real Madrid, Manchester United progress, and Barcelona exit in the Europa League. Leeds United finally win a game under new manager Javi Glacia. Manchester United and Ten Hag win 2-0 to lock up the first trophy of the season, and the title race heats up after wins away from both Arsenal and Manchester City. But the question that opens every podcast, Zach... How is the FPL looking? Looking horrible, to be honest, mate. Mine looks horrible. I'm on 34 points. I, I forgot that De Gea's got the Carabao Cup final. Um, so he got me no points. I forgot Laporte was... Uh, he has an illness, so he didn't play. Madison also an illness, he didn't play. Um, I mean, Dakar gave me six points. Nunes didn't even play. He gave me zero. Kane gave me six. Uh, Saka three, Grealish three, Erdogan three, Trent six, Zinchenko six. However, Arsenal and uh, Liverpool still have a game in hand, so maybe that day four will increase. Well, I'm exactly the same, Zach. I have had a shambles. All the Newcastle players out, obviously. The Manchester United players out. Um, and Pope suspended. I've had an absolute mare. Oh, yeah. Like you say, we've got the double game week for, for Arsenal and Liverpool. I got 20 points from Haaland, though. I captained him as well. Only one point from Mares. I really need to get Foden back in there. But yeah, it's not looking good either. I'm on 45 points. A bit better than you, lad. But still not good. Not good. I, I also need to change the FPL name because Marteus Click has left Leeds United. So I need to get that updated, else it just doesn't look right. Anyway, let's get straight into the first game of the week. We actually did a watch-along for this. I want to cast your mind back to Tuesday night. An extremely fast start for Liverpool after quick goals from both Nunes and Salah, but they weren't ahead for long. Vinny Junior scores two to equalise, and a quick goal at the beginning of the second half puts Real Madrid ahead. The final score was 5-2. So the real question is, what went wrong for Liverpool? Zach, what are your thoughts? Well, in the first half, they, I think they actually did really well. They were the better team um, in the first 20 minutes. Uh, Courtois made the mistake, however. I think Nunes was a great goal. And Salah, I mean, he scored. I mean, I, I think it was one of their best starts they've had for a, for a while. So, it was impressive. However, I mean, it was Alisson's fault with one of the goals. That was unlucky, but... I don't even think it was the attack's fault. It was mainly the defence that was a letdown. But I think they'll, they'll learn from it. They'll learn from it. I, I completely agree. Joe Gomez, I remember we did the tier list at half-time, didn't we? And we oh, actually yeah. put him quite high up there because, uh, obviously, of, yeah. you know, the defensive performances. Both teams hadn't been great, but I think we blamed a bit of a slippy Anfield pitch, didn't we? Actually, yeah, we Joe Joe Gomez has been rated as one of the poorest players in that game. And I agree yeah, with it. 4.6. And obviously, we, we yeah, we, we obviously changed our opinion at the end, didn't we? And we, we actually moved moved him down. Indeed. Um, but yeah, absolutely uh, shocking performance from him and obviously other players in the team. And I think the Liverpool players actually let down Nunes a bit rather than the other other way round. I thought Nunes had an absolutely fantastic game. What yeah, are your same. thoughts, Zach? I think Nunes had... I mean, for the past few weeks, well, a couple of weeks, I think he's been in great form. He's had a lot of pressure on course with a big price card, uh, tag. He was compared to Haaland for a while, but I think he should... I mean, he's playing on the left position. I think that might be... I think he plays better there. Yeah, I, I still don't know about I 100% that Pope, agree, yeah. He's not he's been he's been quiet. However, Nunes to say he used to play left wing a, a bit for Benfica. He preferred position striker, however, he's doing well in that left wing position. It's similar to Rashford, he loves it on his left. But uh they can play both positions. So I think Nunes, I think he'll have a he'll have a turnaround. I think Liverpool will turn around and make top six, maybe top five. But um Nunes I think, yeah, he, he's done well. I think Gatpo has been a bit quiet. He needs to show up a bit more. Uh, we saw him in the Real Madrid game. I, didn't, I don't think I, I saw him only once that was when he was getting subbed off. So, 
Yeah. Liverpool, obviously, have been missing key players because there's been a lot of injuries in their camp. This is obviously going to have a fundamental impact on the performance of the team. The owners of Liverpool Football Club haven't been willing willing to splash the cash on a new midfield. Why is this? And do you think this is why Liverpool are in the position they're in now? Um, well, I can say it is one of the main. I can say it's one of the main reasons why they're in this position, because uh, well, they've got a young player who's great potential, but he's still a very young, not experienced player with Stefan. Um, was with Stefan and uh, Henderson. We'll just move over his last name. <laughs> captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, I think, I think, I think next season, at the start of the season, there's going to be a, a clear out with like I think I said it before on the podcast. Old players will be moving out of the club. They'll be bringing new, fresh players um, from great teams. I think. Well, they're trying to get Jubelling. That'd be a great, great signing for them, but. As, as far as they're playing currently, I don't think they will sign him. However, who knows? Could be like a chance to move, splosh a bit of cash. But I don't I don't know why they've not spent the money on the midfielder. I mean, they did loan out Arta. He's injured. We've not seen much from him. Thiago's been great. He didn't play. Uh, he didn't start. But um, I honestly, I don't know why they haven't. Maybe it's because they thought this season, maybe try for next season, save up a bit more for next season because they know this season they're not going to get that far to uh, win a cup, possibly. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. Now, when I was writing this next question, obviously I was, I was planning for this podcast. Now, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but actually, I think top four for Liverpool is slowly starting to look a little bit out of sight. Yeah. So, in your opinion... Do Liverpool make top four? If not, where are they finishing? Well, as I said, I think um, <coughs> I uh, don't think I don't think they will. Hang on, let me just have a look at the top four currently. Well, there's let's have a look. Well, they're not that they're not that far from top four. However, if they keep on losing these key games, they will slowly drift away from top four and. Um, They'll lead Newcastle, even Fulham. Fulham, they've been playing really good. They're on top of them in sixth. Liverpool in seventh, so they've moved up one since uh, the match week. However, I think they're going to end up fifth or, or sixth, potentially. Similar to the, uh, places. I think it'll end Arsenal, City, United. Uh, I think Tottenham, Newcastle. Like how it is currently now, I think, to, to be honest. I don't see much changing unless Nunes... Unless that front three start making huge changes up front, bagging goals and the defence, definitely the opposite of what they did to the Madrid game. However, um, I, ho- I hope to see I hope to see Liverpool as a, um, a rival uh, do do okay. But yeah, I think it's next season for them now, isn't it? I think that's when they'll oh, rebuild. Yeah. They'll come back stronger, hopefully. So. Fingers crossed they, for the um, Liverpool fans. Think, They'll get to see good Do you good think they sack Klopp bringing a new manager? I, I don't think they we, should. We t- I think Klopp's been the main man and he has to stay at the club. I think we talked about this, didn't we, last week on episode one and, and we said, you know, we, we talked about Liverpool going through a blip. Make sure to check out episode one, by the way, if you haven't already. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think Klopp's the backbone of the Liverpool team. I think to remove him from the equation yeah. would be ridiculous after what he's done for the club. I think he, um, he still encourages the team, brings the motive. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think Klopp needs to stay. I think money needs to be spent. And uh, 100% I can see Liverpool getting straight back straight back into it, competing for, for Premier League titles and competing for obviously competing for Champions League as well next season. So now we're going to move on to another game under the lights again, but at Old Trafford this time, Manchester United face Barcelona in the second leg of the Europa League tie. A Lewandowski penalty put Barcelona ahead going in at half-time, but a fast second-half start from Manchester United meant that the game ended 2-1 and 4-3 on aggregate. Zach, obviously as a Manchester United fan, how gassed are you and do you think you could go on to win it? I am so pleased with how we're doing. 
Um, yeah, I do think we can win it now. We're one of the hardest teams, the hardest team, I think, in the Europa League who had the biggest chance to win it. We've just knocked out. They're, I mean, they're currently they're, they're on top of La Liga still. They've not been in the greatest form. However, I know they're, they're a massive threat and uh, to get them out of the way is great. Now there's Arsenal, I think we're also Sociedad and um, hopefully we become top and win a second trophy of the season. But um, talking about the Barcelona game, I think United fans expected it. Whenever whenever a goal, um, whenever the opposition score a goal, United always come back from it. They won't, they won't ever give up and they'll usually somehow end up winning the game. We've seen that a lot of time before. I mean, we saw them with the comeback in uh, the first leg at Barcelona, but I yeah. it was a great goal. Um, Fred, I mean, he's actually been class this season. Many people said he weren't he weren't doing well uh, selling. I think he needs to stay at the club. He's doing really well, especially now with Casemiro. They've both played Rizzo uh, starting lineups together. I think they've got what it takes. Or of course, he's doing he's doing really well as well to fill in for Ericsson and Sabitza coming back. Um, from his suspension. So, yeah, I think he's been great. I'm sure we'll talk more on this later, but how fundamental has Eric Ten Hag been to Manchester United's success? And why couldn't Solskjaer and Ralph Ragnick do it? Oh, I think I think Ten Hag's been the key piece. He has been he has been the man to really change it. We've seen from from Ralph Ragnick and Solskjaer. Um Clearly, they didn't have it. I don't. Well, Solskjaer, he's come from. He came from uh, his last job in Cardiff. I'm pretty sure it was, where they were in Championship and uh, <clears throat> there wasn't much competition. Solskjaer wasn't that experienced as a manager. Uh, he hasn't. He didn't lead some very big players. That's why when you had Ronaldo in the change rooms and these other players with Solskjaer, he wasn't leading it. He wasn't the head. It was like Ronaldo and these bigger other big players really leading the change rooms. That's what ruined the teamwork and. It is completely opposite of what Ten Hag is. I mean, we we saw when he Rashford, I think, did something bad one day. He didn't turn up. So he turned up to training late, I think. And um, yeah, a team meeting. Therefore, meet, Ten Hag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. And Ten Hag, uh, he put him on the bench, and all the all the players, especially the big players like Bruno, they uh, they were surprised with the decision because he was the key player, and it was a big game, a big game they needed to win. However, he came on in the second half. He learned a lesson. He bagged the goal, and he hugged Ten Hag straight after because he knew he knew it was the right decision, and all the players knew it. So it shows that Ten Hag yeah. won't have anything to do with it. I mean, we also Ajax. He did with Ajax. One of the players he uh, demanded uh, came and settled down on the pitch. They were, the player won't have, and he was arguing back at him at an Ajax. And literally the next season, he was on loan. He, he put him on loan because I mean, so Ten Hag's been crucial. Solskjaer, to, to, uh, Ralph Ragnick. He's experienced. He's, he's been experienced. However, I still don't. Ten Hag. He's come from Ajax. I mean, they did very well. I remember that time uh, with De Ligt and Frankie De Jong, Ziyech, all in their team. They made it really far. I mean, he's really led them to great things. Ajax and um, yeah, he's, he has definitely brought it here with his players as well. So he has been crucial. Wouldn't- One hundred percent. I completely agree with that. I think teaching foot. I think. As well with football players, I'm not not all football players, but I think some football players, especially when they're in good form and they're scoring goals and, and when they're such a key part to the team, and I think we've seen it a bit with Ronaldo, they get a bit of an ego. So I think for a manager to make very brave decisions because the crowd, yeah, I'm sure, exactly. won't have been happy, um, and there's then there's a lot of pressure on you to, to, to obviously say to Marcus Rashford, you've made this mistake, don't do it again. This is what you get. And I think, I, I mean, I don't think he'll be missing a, another team well, meeting. I think they've been the right decisions. But yeah, 100%. 100%. Sorry. Um, I was going to say, because Sancho, I mean, we saw what he did, Sancho. Sancho was on good form. He sent him uh, a few trainers and he's come back stronger. He's come back stronger. We saw him in the Carabao Cup. We've seen him other places. He's come back way stronger. He's done similar with Rashford <coughs> from last season where Rashford, he wasn't contributing. People were thinking of selling him. However, he's come back. Ten Hag's fully trained him. Clearly, we saw it during the World Cup. Um, whilst he was at training, um, I think Rashford's been a key piece to United, and I'm, I'm thankful he didn't sell him. I think Ten Hag's brought some great piece, um, 
He's brought some great players in, his own players. Um, he's known from Ajax. He's transformed Sancho and uh, Rashford back into the great players they once were. Um, questionable signing with Wegos, however, I think it's actually turned out really well because we did need... We, yeah. Everyone was... Uh, there was controversy about uh, Ronaldo not pressing much. And uh, you can see that with his big ego was mainly the reason why, because he didn't like listening to the manager like Ralph Ragnick and Solskjaer, because he thought they yeah. were, he was big enough to have a big ego and then change rooms for that. So, I mean, I think Wegos has actually, the things that we wanted from Ronaldo, Wegos has supplied. So, I think he's he's been a great tactician and um, every, everything, every decision he's made has been great so far. I think I, think, I don't think there's been nothing that's, that he's done wrong, to be honest. No, I 100% agree with you there. On the topic of Rashford, where has his incredibly good form come from? We know that the World Cup, after the World Cup, he has been 100 million miles per hour. He has been absolutely world class. Has this good form got anything to do with Southgate and, and obviously Southgate staff in the World Cup? Do you think that you know, that something switched inside his brain, that he was more motivated for football. Because I just, I can't understand it. I really can't. We saw last season, he was going through a bit of a blip. He wasn't playing as well. This season, he switched on. And I imagine it probably is Eric Ten Hag, because he's, a, like you say, he's an amazing tactician. <clears throat> but do you, do you believe that, that maybe the World Cup and Gareth Southgate had anything to do with his form? I think I think Southgate might have had a little bit uh, with England. Seeing Rashford not getting picked due to his form, he, he's a key. He's been a key player, but he's not been picked for Southgate for a while to start. Yeah, Sterling's been picked over him, but I think that's driven him to see that he yeah. that he's better than some of the players who are currently playing in the England squad, and it's driven him that he could be that man that they need England to win that trophy. Uh, but I do no, I do think. Ta- Ten Hag's done slight. I think Ten Hag's done a lot more actually for Rashford's because um, he did a one of the coaches at Man United uh, was focusing on Rashford's health and well-being. Um, I don't know if you've heard yeah. it, but they were looking after his health and well-being, and um, it really and they were saying that it really worked well for him. He's done well, and he's now in the right place. Rashford in his head, so I think that's what's really helped him as well. Because last season, remember, it wasn't in his head that much. Um, and we saw we saw how he played when things got to him. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, and I think sometimes it it's just good. I mean, coming back to a mental health topic, I don't want to make a football topic all, all about mental health, but I do think it has to be raised. Actually, having that person to talk to and having that person to sit down and go and, and maybe sort of review your performances and look at how you've done and maybe speak to someone about how you were feeling. Yeah, I think that's really important and I think that's been 100% vital in, in Rashford coming back into form and, and having an amazing season, um, well, in, in this season. So yeah, uh, good luck to Rashford. Agree. Um, and I hope he has a prosperous prosperous rest of the season and I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about him anyway the dreaded 3pm fixtures yeah. I don't know why they aren't televised um, but unfortunately they aren't so it is what it is oh I know Leeds <clears throat> finally managed to pick up a win yes come on Leeds the last time <laughs> Leeds won in the league was on bonfire night and uh, that my friend is a long time ago the game ended 1-0 with a goal c- coming late on in the game from Leeds left-back Junior Firpo, the first game under new manager Javi Gracia. Slightly pronounced that wrong there, but uh, we'll just move over that one. My Spanish yes, isn't the yes, best. Did, well. did, well. did I do well with that one? Did I do well with that one? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Zach. That is beautiful. Zach, let me hear that again. Let me hear that pronunciation again. <laughs> that's what Abby. that's what twenty thousand channel points get. Yeah, oh, it's just stunning, <laughs> just stunning. Um, yeah, make sure to check that out. By the way, oh, Twitch.tv/slash oh Mr. Finners. The next plug in the podcast. <laughs> anyway, my question to you, Zach, is: Do you believe in a new manager bounce? Because I certainly do. Come on, Leeds. 
Um, yeah, well, I definitely do. We've seen him with Man United. Like, I'm sorry, as United fan, I am going to bring him in to this. Um, we've seen it with him. We've seen, managers make a real difference in the changing rooms because players, the motives go up sometimes because they're thinking, yeah, new changes. Maybe he can bring something to this team. New players coming in. Um, his style might actually help us adapt. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think Javi Gracia, I think he'll have a great, I think he'll do great, to be honest. I mean, if they do go down to the championship, I think they will definitely come back up in one or two seasons' time. Yeah. And there's no doubt with that. They've got the players, the capability to do it. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, if they stay in Premier League, it would be great. However, I think, I'd, I've not seen him much. Last time he was at a club, I think it was Al Saad. Um, in yeah. um, the Saudi league, and before that, if I just check, it was at Valencia, uh, Valencia, uh, at twenty twenty uh, to twenty twenty one. So he's been at some good clubs, Valencia. Uh, they've been in European cups, of course, um, as well as Watford. So he does know what the championships like if that has to happen. Um, I just I'm going to be interested with the signings he makes if he does stay. And, and they're in the Premier League. I'm, I'm going to be very interested what he makes and how it goes for him. But all the best. Yeah. I uh, When I was obviously planning this this part of the, the podcast, I did a little bit of research into the manager. So I do have a few facts for you that I've uh, bullet pointed down here on my very nice lay, laid out document. So obviously he has qualities that make him perfect for Leeds United and I'm going to outline a few for you here. In the 2018-19 to campaign, he coached Watford to safety in the Premier League, also taking them yeah. to the final of the FA Cup for the first time in 35 years. Not only that, the, the second time in the club's history. He was sacked though, and this is where it gets bad. He was sacked on seven on the seventh of September, twenty nineteen, after a poor start to the season. Saw them bottom with just one point, but actually Watford sacked their manager every other week, so it could have just been a, <laughs> well, a little slip it'd be up similar there. To the Tuchel one, wouldn't it, with Chelsea? Then yeah, true, very true. The season before they done yeah. well. Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean because because he did have it. Well, obviously, I I didn't watch much of his time at Watford. Um, but it sounds like from the fact he did have a very, very, very good, um, good, good time there, yeah, and that, you yeah. know, you know, yeah, he he guided them to safety. That's exactly what we need at Leeds United. And say he only stays till the end of the season, but we're still in the Premier League. I think that gives us time. The players go away; they have the holiday. Maybe a new manager comes in, a better manager, which we've you know a manager we want, and then. You know, we 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 have hopefully a good season in the Premier League because we want to get away from this relegation bottom end of the table. And I think for Leeds United, that's going to be difficult. Are you happy and, with and, um, uh, Javi Gracia? Or, um, yeah, 100%. Another manager 100%. that were in the speculations. Uh, oh, look. Good, good. You know, ma- ma- managers that were in, you know, that were rumoured to be joining Leeds... One, you know, like Pochettino was on the shortlist, so obviously I'm going to prefer, you know, yeah. other managers that were on that shortlist because yeah, there's yeah, managers yeah. that have but been I mean, like the in ones Champions to League, the championship ones, and that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm happy with with uh, the manager we've got now, um, and and I think you know my next question was, do you think he has what it takes to keep Leeds in the Premier League? And and you've sort of said it there. I think you know we've got a good squad. We've got a, you know, we've got a, obviously he's a good manager. He's got a good backroom team behind him. He's got a good board that are, that are willing to back him, just like they did with Jesse Marsh. Look, I think we can stay in the Premier League, but I think that might just be me. I'm a Leeds fan. There's obviously going to be a bit of bias there, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Jesse That's Marsh, the American point. man. Well, it is. It is very close at the bottom. Like, I mean, like, really close. But we're just out of relegation, so come on, Leeds. We're Premier League. <laughs> we're staying up. Um, don't want don't to jinx anything, so touch wood. Um, but Jesse Marsh, sacked after only four wins in the league. Absolutely shambolic. Leeds played good attacking football under the American man. So what was the problem? Well, the obvious one 
was we you know we were in a relegation battle we still are uh, we're just we outside just the bottom three so big up Leeds um you know, we can't seem to finish. I feel like we've got strikers like Bamford, who were world-class under Bielsa. He went, you know, he got injured. Um, and now we can't seem to finish. Uh, well, that's obviously finishing the box. He, he might be able to finish uh, in bed with his missus. But um, <laughs> that's a different story. You know, obviously we... We need a striker. Obviously we signed uh, Ruta, who... Obviously, he's, he has been in a bit of poor a form. Time, and I actually to went honest. to watch the... Well, I, I went to watch the Leeds United under-21s game and he wasn't... He just didn't play yeah. as well as I thought he would for, for the money that we spent Still on him. Young I think. Potential. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 36000000 million. Or just under, I think. Oh, that is, that, to be honest, that is a bit too much for him, but... Okay. Yeah. I mean, little players are going and, these, uh, these days. And uh, I don't think he scored a goal yet. It might have done in the FA Cup. No. Uh, but do, do you know what has. I mean? I don't think he has scored a goal. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, that that ha- has its problems. We need a front three that can score. That would be helpful. Um, What's Rodrigo doing? But, is you he know, on the bench or is he injured? I've not seen him play for a while. No, no, he's injured. He's well. injured, lad. Yeah, right, yeah, he's right. injured. Um, yeah, of course, if we had Rodrigo, Patrick Bamford wouldn't be starting, would he? But no, uh, yeah, yeah, Rodrigo's injured. So um, hopefully, he's, you know, I think he's supposed to be coming back quicker than the the doctors and the physios had had planned. Um, but fingers oh, crossed, fingers crossed. Let's move on to our next 3pm kickoff: Leicester versus Arsenal, a Goldbridge special. He did actually do a watch-along for this, I tuned in. <laughs> a Martinelli goal in the second half meant three points for the Gunners after Trossard's goal was disallowed. A crucial three points and a game in hand. Zach, do you think Arsenal can win the league? Oh, yeah, definitely I do. Um, <clears throat> they're a game in hand. At the top, um, and they are how many points? They're two points uh, clear at the top. So I mean, they've definitely, definitely got a massive chance. I do. I think they're going to win it personally. Who knows? Unless they have a stinker during the few games now they have in City. Um, then City have definitely got the chance there, as well as United. But I do think Arsenal will go all the way, and I think it'll be a great confidence boost because last season. We saw people were hating on Arteta. They thought he was one of the worst managers they've had for yeah. a while. Uh, I remember yeah. the Brentford star. But, I mean, I'm happy for him. He's a young manager. He's really shown what he can bring. He's not just the assistant. He's not just the assistant uh, manager at Manchester City. He's 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 gonna he's won the Prem. So, that's less hope. I mean, I'm going to root for them. I think Zach somehow hacked into my OneDrive because everything he's just said is on my script. Um, so there we go. It's all bullet pointed. Oh, yeah, literally everything you've just said is bullet pointed <laughs> on my uh, on my sheet of paper. Oh goodness. Manchester City. Then they're obviously in the title race with uh, Arsenal and and obviously the Manchester rivals, Manchester United. What's happened to Manchester City? Has their invincibility worn out? What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think it has. Because, hang on, let's look. They have won the majority of their games. Uh, and we can see Saturday they won 4-1. They drew to Leipzig, drew to Forest. That was a very, I don't know what happened there. Haaland wasn't on form there. But we can see the 3-1 against Arsenal, the 3-1 Aston Villa, then the loss to Tottenham. Um, but... No, I don't think they've lost it. I think they've lost slightly, but they've not lost it where they're going to lose their games. Harlem's not going to score. No one's going to score finish. I think they've, they've still got the chance. To, they've got the chance to win the Premier League. Um, I think I think the top players are going to be Grealish. I think he's going to do well again. Foden, Mares, Harlan needs to step up a bit now. I mean, he's been great. I can't... I can't say he's been horrible because he hasn't. He came in straight away. He's already, I think, beaten a yeah. thing. He's he's done great for them already. Um, as well as De Bruyne. De Bruyne, of course, he's their their main player. 
Um, the back line, it's been changed multiple times due to injuries and things like that. I mean, we've seen Laporte a few times, seen Ake at left back a few times, Cancelo on loan to Bayern Munich, um, Walker on the right, Diaz, Laporte, uh, Kanji, the new signing. So there's really been different players there. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think their run has, uh, I think they've got a strong run still. On the subject of Manchester City's defence, slightly off topic here when we're talking about Arsenal, but Rico Lewis, he's a, I think he's a very, very talented young player, but do you think he's he's talented enough to be starting for Manchester City? You see, um, I don't know, I'd say, I would say City should loan him out to the Champions Club for a season, so he's got experience however <clears throat> never the doubt I mean well Cancelo's on loan like I said uh, they've only got Walcott at the right back currently so there are some squad options there um, for them but he, he is he has been good I mean, I've seen him start he's been he's been quite very good for them I can't lie but I would say loan him out of championship for a short term or off for a season just, just give him that experience he can come back then he can challenge Walker, Cancelo if he comes back. And yeah, but yeah, he's got a bright talent. He'll be one of the best soon, I think. Yeah. So, so as you said earlier, Mikel Arteta has had a wonderful season with Arsenal. But after two years already at the club, what's different this season that's meant they're able to stand top of the table? Was it the acquisition of Jesus Sinchenko? Or has something just clicked in the Arsenal squad? Well, I would say it's the players as well. Um, we've yeah. seen that it's Jesus made a huge impact when he um when he when he first signed and he was playing. However, after is it yeah. well now he's injured, they've still had a great impact. And Kessier, I mean, one of their academy plays, he's come on, he's been great. They've got a great academy. They've got Belungen, um, I think you pronounce it. He's currently in the French League one and he's one of their best he's one of the best players currently there, outshining. But he's also when he comes back he'll be fine for that. I think he'll get loaned out again for a season, but he will be fine for that. Like, similar to Eddie and Kessier. I think it's going to be. Yeah. I don't. They could even go to the front too. It's going to be really challenging for the style. Well, like that's. But I mean, that's what to, I mean. Go on, go on. Sorry. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but um, I was speaking to a few people today actually, no, and we were saying Eddie Nketi has been absolutely class for Arsenal as a, as a young striker having to fit into the squad yeah. when when they are under a lot of pressure because there's pressure you know whether you're in relegation or whether you're competing for, for a title at the top against a team like Manchester City so actually I, I think he's done very very well but Jesus when he comes back from injury there is some debates that actually he might not fit into the squad or he might go onto the bench or they might go into a into a front uh, two yeah. and actually I think any option option will work for for Arsenal because both strikers are are very very class strikers and I'm sure City will uh, feel a bit annoyed that actually you know they're performing well for Arsenal and and actually you know Players like Zinchenko and Jesus, who who were at Manchester City, are probably partially the reason why um, Arsenal are where they are right now, and obviously that's not good for um, for Man City. So far, Mikel Arteta will always be my favourite manager. He's currently the youngest manager in the Premier League, and honestly, he just seems so nice. I'd love to meet him one day, but anyway, I'm going to stop fantasising and move on to the team chasing Arsenal, (laughs) Manchester City, a convincing 4-1 victory away at the Vitality Stadium, goals from Haaland, Foden and Alvarez, and then an unlucky own goal helped Manchester City pick up three points. Now, I recently took Phil Foden out of my FPL because he wasn't getting game time. Pep then began to play him and then obviously start him and he's been scoring goals. What's changed? Do you think his training performance has proved he's good enough to start over Mares? Um, well, I think it. I think it is the training. I think now he knows he's got more comp- competition. He's he, he's not been starting, so he knows that 
I think that's affected him deeply because he knows he needs to step up his game. Grealish now starting. Mares he's been doing well on form. There's uh, also Foden, like I said. So yeah, he's got he's really got a challenge for that. There's also Bernardo Silva. So it, I mean, I think yeah, that him. I think, I think the trainers and the other players have also boosted his confidence. And he must be doing well in training to play uh, to get the start up. So yeah. 100% and obviously as a Manchester United fan I imagine the answer will be no but do you think Manchester City deserve to win the league again? Um, I would say uh, well no I think Arsenal deserve it more with how they've been playing and Newcastle also I would like them to see I'd like to see them win the Premier League I'd love them to see it to at least win a trophy this season I don't think they will but I mean, a City do deserve it. They're playing well, but Arsenal, I think, I think, I think they should win it. United, I'd love to see win it, but Arsenal, I think, will be the the, the top contenders, the leading. And uh, obviously, with this question, Zach, I don't want any bias as a Manchester United fan, <laughs> but. Do you think Manchester United will gain dominance over the city of Manchester under Eric Ten Hag? I mean, I'd love to see it. it depends how uh, City do during the um, during very the very true, years. very very true. Because both teams are now top. I mean, I think I don't know. I think United could be slow. Well, we need to see. But this season, I think United could be slowly slight uh, sliding back to make it half half the city. Uh, making Manchester, yeah, could be red and blue. But I'd love to see. I'd love to see it be red. I mean, if, it depends. If if United win Europa League and City end up with no titles this season, I think I think this season United uh, Manchester will be red, no doubt. So uh, you've forgotten about the six six three uh, loss today. <clears throat> not not today. Well, I uh, the two nil uh, trophy, mate. The two the two nil trophy is all. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, and the win, and the winner at, at Old Trafford against the two-one. That's uh, all I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Six-three. Foden and Haaland hat trick heroes. Uh, anyway, a man under pressure. No, it's not the Southampton gaffer. Despite being bottom of the league, it's Graham Potter. Chelsea currently currently sit tenth in the table on thirty-one points, and after a two-nil defeat to Spurs, surely Potter's time at Chelsea will soon be coming to a close. Zach, what are your thoughts, my friend? Oh, I hate to see him go as a United fan, but also just. I don't think it's all his fault. However, I think he does have to go. I know I've said give the the manager time, but it actually, it's not looking for Chelsea. It's not looking the best. Um, I'd love to see Graham Potter come to like a club like Leeds or another Premier League club. But yeah, not exactly. Big enough as Chelsea, exactly. where the aims are to Leeds. win Champions League and that. Go on. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'd love but, um, to see him at Leeds, lads. Love it, absolutely love <laughs> but, yeah, it. Was, but it's not going to happen. I think they should. I think they should get a top quality manager in. Uh, maybe Pochettino into Chelsea. He's done it in London before. I mean, they've done. He's he's brought Tottenham Champions League final. Um, but I do think. Oh, even Conte bring him back. But uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I was going to say I do think it's his time to go. I feel bad for him because, as I said, I don't think it's all his fault. I think the players have got something to do with that. I think. The owner slightly has something to do with it, with bringing him pressure, with giving him all this transfer budget, and then he's getting sort of forced by by uh, many things, yeah. by these high-priced players. But I don't think he feels that, that comfortable also, and I think it might be some a pressure by. Similar to Solskjaer with Ronaldo a bit, because they knew he, had to, he, had to, he was going to City. So I think there might be a bit of pressure by him there. Do you think, with the money spent on Graham Potter, he should be in a better position now? Look, um, yes, because well, it depends. If he uses that money, if he uses the money to get players that he genuinely thinks that work well with him and his playing style, and not what the owner wants or these other big players that 
have got big names. They do well, but they don't fit his tactics and his formation play. He needs players that fit his formation play. Good, Still good players, but that fit his team. I think that's the only way he could use his money wisely. I think some of the players he hasn't. But I mean, they've got Lukaku coming back next season um, from Inter Milan. It'd be interesting to see what he does if he gets if he does well for um, Chelsea. But yeah. And a quick yes or no question for you, Isaac. Does Graham Potter deserve to be sacked? And is football just a brutal <laughs> sport? Um, yes and um, and yeah yeah Uh, what do you mean by a brutal sport like in terms of you get a manager if they're doing bad they get sacked they don't care about the family they don't care about the job they don't care that that it could ruin their career is it just in we need them to perform to the team no, and no, then no, out. no, football's a very brutal sport for that because, um, well, we've seen it many clubs, nearly every month for United it was, um, play managers straight in, yeah, a couple of seasons, does well in the first few games, doesn't do the best after, yeah, they're gone. I don't want to see that with Ten I don't want to see, yeah. I mean, that is very brutal. They mean, they're just settling to the job. Let them have the season, give them a go. If it's looking really bad where they were, they were in mid-position, now they're heading towards relegation and all they're in relegation, like Southampton, um, then, yeah, that's when I think that's when you've got to sack them. However, if they're in, if they're in mid-table and nothing uh, nothing looks like there's a problem where they're going to relegate, however, um, I, think, I think that's when you shouldn't sack them. But it is very brutal, like you said. It is very brutal. And... I think we briefly covered it on the last podcast, but Potter was initially linked with England if Gareth Southgate was to leave after the World Cup. Do you think his poor run with Chelsea has ruined his chances? This is the exact question you asked me last podcast, and I said, yeah, it has. It has a sort of... It has, because... um, What did I say last last podcast? Um... I have no clue because I I forgot I even asked you this oh, question, I'm, my I'll friend. Think. <laughs> you said, uh, "Well, yeah, I can just imagine Zach now going been... onto Spotify and finding episode one, looking for the part <laughs> where we're talking about it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I do think it has. I think the way he deals with these players now, it will. Um, I don't know if. If the Eng with, with England the fans will back him as a manager now after how how he's had this poor run with uh, Chelsea, but if he, if he was still at Brighton, he would have been a great option, I think. But uh, it really shows yeah. how stepping from Brighton to a Champions League winning high demanding club with a big budget really changes a manager and how how they run. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you there. So, first of all, Zach, it actually hurts me to say this, but congratulations as a Manchester United fan. I'm sure you'll be delighted to have a trophy in the cabinet. It was an excellent stream yesterday, uh, an excellent watch-along that we did. I think it was like four hours, four hours, 20 minutes, full of fun. Sorry, sorry, say that again. I didn't didn't hear you. What were you congratulating me about? On the Carabao Cup trophy. Oh, oh, I know, I know. I just finished it for the second time, Paul. Uh, yeah, cheers, lad. Thank you. Oh my goodness, I've just been sent so hard, and it's not even a joke. <laughs> oh, my oh, I've God, just been that. sent by Zach. Yeah, I, do, I do appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, well, thank you for listening. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um. Do you think this trophy set you up for the rest of the season? Yes, 100%. Um, what was I going to say? Um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Hang on. 
Yes. It, it's been a long day, has it, Zach? Um, it's been a long it day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to come on right, uh, about you saying thank you twice. I'm saying well done. But um, yeah, I do think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a real game changer. I think the motivation of the teams increased with this. You can see how live they were in the change rooms. Now they're believing that Ten Hag brings something to this team that they can win trophies again. They could come back to that old Man United that they were with uh, Sarix Ferguson. I think. We've also winning Barcelona, the best team currently in league on uh, first place. I think they think, yeah, right, we know we can win this. Let's put in the hard work, the dedication. We could be winning two, three titles. We've still in the FA, we're still in all the cups um, that we that we win. And we can win. We can win nearly all of them currently and in the form we are. We've got a great place to do it. So, yeah, I think, I like you said, Ted Hogs have been bring uh, a lot of confidence into this team. Casemiro, he scored yesterday. He's such an all-round player. He's been a key player for Manchester United this season. Do you think he's one of the main reasons you have a trophy this early on in the season? 100%. I mean, we've seen the games where when he hasn't played, the, the, the defence of the United's crumbled. We've seen it so many times and it's worrying that if we didn't have him, like we saw every, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he was bought for, I think, 50 mil it was, people were saying he's not worth that much at all. I, I understand because he's old age. He's also been given a five-year contract, I think it was. I mean... Yeah. He has def- people saying that Casemiro, he he's not good. It's just like at Real Madrid, there's Modric and Cruz. They really transform him. They make him look good in the team. But no, we've seen it. We've seen it at United now. He's really brought that back line. The fence, he's made them stronger. We've seen the great balls he's made. We've seen his goals with the header. He's, I mean, they're making more use of these set pieces now with him. In. So we've seen uh, how much... Uh, attackive and defensive things he brings to the team. And speaking of prices, Anthony costs Manchester United around £86 million, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Do you think he was worth yeah. it? And be, I, I, and be honest, I don't want no Manchester United you know, fan bias no, here. Do I'm you gonna, think I'm he was gonna. worth no, no, £86 million? How much did you pay for Sinestera? Uh, I think it was something like 20. Um, it was around the 20 oh, million well, mark, well, I'm then, pretty no. sure. <laughs> no. No, then. Not at all. Because Sinestera Anthony are great players. I think they're on similar levels. You might think that Sinestera is better. I can see why you think that, because he's brought so much to, Liverpool, uh, to Leeds as well. But Anthony, I don't think he's definitely worth that. I think... United tried to overbuy him because Ajax knew uh, Tenag was there now. Uh, he he always he, he loves to have, he loved Anthony at Ajax. He wants to bring him to the club. They knew that Man United really wanted him, and they 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 would pay a high price. Sitting with Maguire and these other players, they'd paid a really high price for him. Um, so I think they've really bought him up because I think he, they were going to buy him for about thirty forty million last season. Um, but uh, yeah. It didn't happen, so so uh, the price. I mean, the price went up gradually, didn't it? So no, I don't think you don't think he's worth it. I'm really at that price. The only thing that's keeping him there is his age, to be honest. And he's got skills, but no, I, don't, I think yeah. compared to other players around his level and age, no, he isn't. Probably fifty, sixty mil at max, I think maybe. But who knows? Because the price is going well, up these days for players, so we'd have to see. I was literally just about to say that. I was literally just about to say football is getting, you know, a lot more money seems to be in football. Players seem to cost a lot more than maybe they did three years ago. But obviously, players like uh, Anthony have developed. They've probably won a few more few more trophies and, and they've got a little bit older, so they've matured a little bit. Um, but I think we've talked enough about Manchester United. I don't want to hear no more. I don't want to hear no more <laughs> about that. Thanks for the um, absolute congratu- congratulations, anyway, Sim. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, Zach. That nice no problem, lads. 
Yeah, yeah. Cheers, lad. Anyway, finally, Zach, who's your man of the match week and who do you believe deserves the new title? Shitter of the week. Ooh. Um, yes. Man of the match for me is... Oh, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be biased and go for a Man United player. I don't. Who's a? Right. No, you can if you think. Which team you do you can think? if you really think? Oh, can I? Yeah. Well, Danny Ings has had a good. Uh, has had a good week. To be fair to him, he has scored two goals. Yeah. In his West Ham, in his new club, so I think I'm actually gonna go for a little change here, a little switch in players, and I think I'm gonna go Danny Ings. Danny Ings is on mine. It was his full debut um, this week, yeah. and you know, two, two goals in a in a four nil victory over Nottingham Forest, much needed. Helped David Moyes a lot. His job, just like Graham Potter, he was under extreme pressure. So I completely agree with that. Now, my shitter of the week. <laughs> it was difficult only, or... for this, right? Yeah, Premier League only, Premier League only. Right. It This was difficult for me, but I finally came to my conclusion. Sorry, no, 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 not Premier League only, Premier League teams, but it can be in any competition. My shitter yeah. of the week yeah, is Joe Gomez. I've got mine. Right, yeah. Who's oh, yours? Mine was going to be either Who's Joe yours? Gomez or Alisson. Mine was going to be... Joe Gomez at Alisson, yeah. but I'm gonna. If you went Joe Gomez, I will go Alisson because of his Real Madrid mistake he made. That was a horrible kick. I can't lie. I mean, well, they also drew. The only reason to, I've cho- uh, Southampton. The no, only reason I've chose Gomez is because of the absolute bum deflection he had that caused one of the goals. I mean, that is a shit house <laughs> moment of the week, isn't and it? And you praise him. Let's be well. honest. And he sent you there. And I was praising him, and he absolutely sent me to the shops, Joe Gomez, and it was Crystal Palace, I believe, they, uh, they drew against Liverpool. Yeah, Joe Gomez. In the Premier League. League this week. Indeed. Well, it's been a good podcast. I think we've discussed a lot of games there. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with episode three of the podcast. We did have a guest lined up this week, but uh, a few complications happened, which meant we couldn't go ahead with that. But we do have a guest lined up for next week, so we're really excited for that. So make sure to check that out. I hope you've all enjoyed listening as much as we have um, enjoyed discussing Match Week 25. It's been absolutely awesome. Thank you, Zach, as always, for joining joining me Pleasure today. Pleasure's all mine, Paul. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you all for listening at home. Remember to follow the podcast, leave a review on Spotify. If you're listening on that, there is a Q&A section at the bottom. Leave your questions. We'd love to discuss them on next week's episode. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.